The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. It's the dreaded injury update episode of the Heat Check. We've got players dropping like flies. We'll get into the news surrounding John Morant, Tyrese Halliburton, and others. We also get into an interview with Jason Smith, L. Jason Smith of 929 Sports Radio in Memphis to cover the fallout from the John News. I try to provide a little sliver of hope for this, this little squad. Hopefully I succeeded. Let's get right into it, Anthony. Drop that motherfucking beat. This should be Rihanna. I hate injuries. I hate them. I wish they didn't happen. I wish we could do it like 2K and turn injuries off. Uh, especially with John Morant. Quick little question for you. If you had to just hit me up on the DMs or Instagram, if you had to choose one player in the NBA to never be injured, who would it be? For me, it's Jaw. Cade Cunningham will miss a week. Jimmy Buckets missed his fifth straight game. Embiid is still out. He has missed six of eight games. Uh, role players going down. Yaka Pirtle is out two weeks or more with an ankle sprain. Dayron Sharp, who cares, will miss six games. <laughs> Rando's going down. Moses Brown fractured his wrist. I don't know why I didn't just say Rando's going down and then followed up with Dayron Sharp and not Moses Brown and Dayron Sharp. Anyway, Moses Brown fractured his wrist. Wrist, wrist. Even old hands, even old heads like Chris Paul just had surgery on his wrist and will miss six weeks. It's an injury epidemic out there, folks. Ooh-wee. This all leads me to talk about two injuries that are more important than any of those guys. Well, actually, except for probably Jimmy Buckets and Embiid, but you know what I'm saying. Cade Cunningham I could care less about. No shade to Cade Cunningham. He's on the Pistons. We'll start with the heartbreaker. For those who don't know, we have awful news. I mean, you know. You know what happened, don't you? He's out. John Moran is out. Awful news. This time it's not tongue-in-cheek like the last episode when I had to inform everyone that the Warriors were dead, which <laughs> which I could play the music again for you because I still have it up. Anyway, the Warriors, is it gone? They're dead. Uh, no. I think sometimes you have to cover the sad part of the NBA, which is mostly injuries. John Rant, season-ending surgery. I am very bummed right now. The 2023-2024 season got exactly nine John Morant games. That is... In my opinion, bullshit. 
I am not here to litigate the suspension. We don't do that here. 25 games was missed. But I am here to say with my full chest, I miss him. John Morant is the single most electrifying, exciting player in the NBA on any day of the week, not just when it's a primetime game. Think back to John Morant's first game this season. His December return against a Pelicans team, which was kind of rolling and scrappy, and where he drove into the lane with final two seconds. By the way, they were down like 20 at one point during that game. Somehow found a way to come back from the dregs and win the fucking game with the circus shot with two seconds left to go. All zeros. That's game. That's what we're going to miss with the Jaw Morant injury. He was just getting back in the groove. 25-6-8 and eight on shooting splits of 47-28-81. While the Grizzlies went 6-3 and three in the nine games that he played. The way that he got hurt, a little murky. The Grizzlies released this statement. At Saturday's training session, he suffered a sublocation, sublocation, subluxation of his right shoulder. Hard to say. Following ongoing soreness and instability, Morant underwent an MRI. I think subluxation is like a separation of his shoulder, is it not? I think that's what it is. He underwent an MRI that revealed the underlying labral tear. Morant will undergo season-ending surgery and is expected to make a full recovery ahead of the 2024-2025 season. So, I don't think it started at the practice. My theory is that it started when he dunked on Victor Wembanyama or or dunked on a bunch of other people that he's already dunked on so far this season. This is the kind of injury that doesn't stem from one incident. It builds up over time. And then just sort of pop goes the shoulder. And then you feel that pain. I almost said pop goes the weasel. I thought that was going to be rude. He played through soreness. And we probably don't know when he first got hurt. But you can't play through a tear in your shoulder. So he's going to recover for the next four months, gear up for the 2024-2025 season. But the ramifications of this injury are absolutely seismic. Grizzlies, obviously, you can litigate that pretty easily, right? Like, that doesn't take two and two to say four. The Grizzlies are a dumpster fire. 25 games, jaw suspended. They gained some ground. That ground is now gone. They were ahead of, ahead of them in the standings were the Suns, Lakers, Warriors, and Rockets, but they were coming, baby, like a freight train. And although they're only in 13th place, they moved four games back of the playoff, play-in. And with jaw on the floor, let's be real. Anything is possible. The, the amount of sheer will that he had to win these games, you thought to yourself, they're getting in. The amount, three game winners, they're getting in. That's what I thought. I don't know about y'all. The Grizz were going to be rumored to be buyers at the deadline. And all oh, that's, that's done. That's just absolutely not happening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Now I think they're sellers. We have a lot of data on how this team is without Jaw. It's not good. I think there were 8 and 17 against the spread, which is bad because they were big dogs in a lot of games. As I said early in the season, I think this is the worst roster in the NBA without Jaw. So you probably got to get rid of Marcus Smart, at least put him on ice. Maybe you look try to move Steven Adams. Maybe you try to move Brandon Clark because he'll be useful for someone when he's back. Maybe you try to just keep Jaw, Jaren, Jaren, I almost said JJJ, Jaren, and Desmond Bain. That's it. That's the only players that I feel like you need to keep. Timberwolves will be impacted by Jaw's injury as well. They own the Grizzlies' second round pick. That might end up being a pretty high one, honestly. Sucks. So fun. Makes everyone around them so much better. It's very deflating. For the rest of the teams in the West, you got to be licking your chops, though. There's another team that bites the dust that you don't have to worry about. It's like Hunger Games. And you see the one, the one player that's already got jaundice or, or tuberculosis or something. They go down immediately as a pawn going into the Hunger Games in, like, day four. And you're like, well, one of them's got to go. And I'm glad it's not me. Jaw, though, 24 years old, feels like he's been in the league forever. I forget that he's so young. I know he's going to come back better than ever. I really, 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 really hope, though, that the league does not get another Derrick Rose part two. Get well soon, Jaw. Get well soon. Moving on. The bullshit did not stop last night with the pregame news that John Morant was done for the season. The basketball gods pained us one more time and smited the world of hoops. The emerging Pacers superstar Tyrese Halliburton slipped on the court during the game with the Celtics, grade one hamstring. He split like he was in Dance Dance Revolution. It was not pretty. When he went down, the man had to be carried off of the court by his teammates. There was a real fear he was going to be out, like grade three knee surgery, no bueno. Months, not weeks. As it turns out, Grade one, all good. Going to be out just two to three weeks. Best case scenario for Tyrese. Sadly, he will miss the one game that the Pacers play in Golden 1 Arena, so there will not be a homecoming in Sacramento this year. Very sad. What a freak accident, too. That floor was slippery, and that's what put Halley on the IL at the end of the first half. So Halley drove past Derek White. He tries to spin back the opposite direction. And then his right leg slips. 
Then he does the splits, like I told you, Dance Dance Revolution. Falls to the ground, waves for medical attention. He knew something was up. It was not, it was very bad. You know that my legs aren't supposed to go the other direction from one another. Touching, touching moment, because he was carried off by Buddy Heald, who, let's be real, that's his best role on this team, <laughs> is to carry Tyrese Halliburton off the floor. I hate him so much. Anyway, they shielded him from the crowd with the towel. It was just very emotional. They are now breathing a sigh of huge relief. Grade one. This is a team that could really be buyers at the deadline. They want a star. They could go after Pascal Siakam for sure. They had just beat the Boston Celtics, the number one team in the NBA, 135-133. But now they don't have to worry about a long stretch without their best player. But ultimately, I love Halliburton. I love betting on Halliburton. I love watching Halliburton. He's the real deal Holyfield superstar that we all hoped that he could be. Averaging 24, 4, and 13. 13 assists is unreal. In 36 games this year, Tyrese has had 10 or more assists 30 times. That's fucking stupid. That's absolutely gross. Disgusting levels of assists. I think the six games that he didn't have 10, I bet on all of them, and I lost money on all of them. Anyway, hopefully he's healthy enough with enough time to play in the All-Star game because he deserves it. Absolutely. I am bummed he's going to miss some time, but thank God he's not going to be gone long. All right, we end the podcast with a special interview with my guy, L. Leslie Jason Smith of the Jason and John Show, J&J on 929 Memphis, an Odyssey station. We chop up the latest news about John Morant from Ground Zero. Let me tell you, everybody's bummed. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's funny, Trista. The last time I talked to you solo dolo, and that's without John Martin in the building. I can't remember which trip he was on, Aruba, Vegas. They all run together. It was, I was asking you, can you pick us up? Because we just learned that Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard, on top of Jaws' suspensions, uh, they were going to be out for an extended amount of time. Now, we come to you again looking to pick us up, but we're much lower when you get the news that John Morant after looking pretty good against the Lakers. Grizzlies had a good weekend, Trista. Is out for the season uh, due to, what, season-ending shoulder surgery that he's got to have after he hurt it in a training session on Saturday. I don't know if you got the kind of strength we need to pick us up today. I tell you what, man, this is – it's a sad day for not just Memphis, not just radio, but all NBA fans. I'm so glad you said that. I am. I made that point all day – and you're on the outside looking y'all. in. I'm so glad you made that point. You're so right. So I was at the sports book last night doing the national championship. And before the news came down, there was a group of guys who were sitting in, you know, the lounge seats inside the sports book. And just independently, they spent about 15 minutes discussing how much they were excited for Jaws' return, how much they lo- loved Jaws. John Moran's ability to excite the youth, yep. 
is unparalleled. And we had to break the news to these fine gentlemen that Jaw was having season-ending season surgery, and they looked absolutely shook. And so it's more than just Memphis. It's more than so right. you know just people in media. There's people from all around the world that they are interested in almost a jaw and then everybody below that, right? And so we love Aunt Edwards. We love guys like Chet and Victor Weminyama and these big men that are you know, gracing us with all of the things that they can do. But a guy that size with that much ferocity on the court, that much brazen, um, I guess, recklessness in a good way, they can excite us on any given night. And I always say, on a Tuesday in January, there is no better show on the hardwood than Jaw. And so it's, it's a tough day for basketball. We were so excited to get him back. Yep. And, and these gentlemen, you could tell that the, it drained, there was something that drained out of their face when that happened. So what do you say in terms of moving forward? You say, like, hopefully he has a complete recovery right. and is back better than other ever. And maybe this is good for his – hopefully this is good for his mental state. He has more time to sit and grow and train. It's hard, though. It's going to be a test, right? I don't know if anybody – one of you guys, either Brad or, or you, Jason, have gone through you know a significant injury – but that tests you, man. You go into a state of like, why me? You know, why is this happening right now? How do I, you know, get this sorted? So he's going to be, if, when he comes out the other side, he's going to be even more mentally strong than we've ever seen him before. Um, so I guess that's the good thing yep. is that there's just more time for looking inward and fixing not things that were necessarily broken, but places that maybe needed to still grow. So that's that. I don't know what the draft is going to be like, but you're probably getting a top 10 pick. What do you do? Do you want to trade for somebody like Terry Rozier or DeJounte Murray? Maybe that's what you try to do in the interim to keep the fans engaged. But you're right. I think it's time for us to focus on Memphis College basketball, 13th in the country. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, and, and hope that... I don't know what you do with Marcus Smart, man. Like, I know. is he just there? Well, would you trade him? That's to what a I contender? Because I'm sure I'm, I'm glad he you went there. I'm gl- I'm so glad you went there because I want to. I want to know what you think of the, uh, of this. That that's what it feels like. It does provide clarity in some form because you know the the odds that you were going to first get in the play in and then make a real push and be a contender and do something like the heat did were still pretty low. I mean you're the 30th ranked offense in the NBA and that included what nine games with Ja on the floor. And so the idea that you're going to make this miraculous Cinderella run was already a far-fetched one. That was one we were still buying into and one after this weekend you beat the Lakers and Phoenix, we were really wanting to talk ourselves into but but that's over. And I, and what I when I say clarity I say in the sense that to your point I would pull it because it is extremely necessary that whether it's for the future next season, Trista, or as a trade piece, that you don't grind Marcus Smart 
you know, who's been, what, nine seasons, all of them, that you don't drive him into the ground trying to make some run at a playoffs that you're or a playing that you're never going to get to, even even when it comes to Bain and Jaron. And, and I hate to use the word tank because those guys don't want to hear it, but you've got to let off, it feels like, Trista, if you want to, back to the point, preserve the asset that is Marcus Smart, whether as a trade piece or going forward. you got to let off a little bit and play your G.G. Jacksons, your Laravias, your Zaires, don't you? I mean, to me, if you are going to be a Golden State that bounces back from the clay injury, right, regroups and wins a title, or a Denver, it's the two examples we've used, and they've been recent examples that bounce back from Jamal's injury, then you've got to sort of fortify, you know, look at your assets, uh, maximize them to the extent that even on the court might be pulling guys off like Marcus Smart, and then regrouping to try to make a quick bounce back for next year. I mean, that's that's what it feels like best case scenario. But well, I should say best plan at this point is. What do you think? I wouldn't play Marcus Smart into the ground trying to make a plan at this point, would you? Yeah, I think you have to think about this team in terms of what their needs are long term, right? And we know that right now the role players aren't there. Right. They're not there to contribute in a meaningful way to a team that really competes at a high level. So will those minutes help them and and get them to a place where they develop? I think it could. I love Taylor Jenkins. I think he's a really good coach. And you need time for those guys to almost marinate in the NBA speed, right? So I think you're right. Gigi Jackson, Jake LaRavia, those guys need more time in an NBA setting, like meaningful minutes, not yeah. like, oh, we're spelling Marcus Smart right now or we're spelling Jaron. If there's any dings or bruises to anybody, so say, God forbid, Jaron has to be out a week. Now you say to yourself, maybe he's out two weeks. Yep. Maybe you just want to extend the life of, of those assets. But let's be real. Marcus Smart is a clunky fit on this team. He was He was there to try to figure out a way to get some of the defense and tenacity that that you lost in Dylan Brooks. But in terms of a small guy to play, another small guard to play along two other, you know, small guards, whether you want to talk about wingspan. Right. Those three guards, I don't think necessarily work together. And you you knew that you needed shooting. And Marcus Smart's not a great three-point shooter off the bounce or catch and shoot. So maybe you want to try to say, move Marcus Smart for, I don't know, a guy like Pascal Siakam. I don't know that that works. I don't know if that's a three-team. Maybe you want to try to fortify more depth and role players, try to get guys that are more wing wing depth. Maybe that's somebody in a three-team trade to try to go after a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal to try to round out the roster Re- eliminate redundancies and find ways to maximize his abilities, right? Yep. And and Desmond's so crucial to this team because he's such a hell of a shooter. Uh, he can defend lights out, even though he's got a, a low, wing, you know, negative wingspan. So, Ja, Bain, and Jaron are the only players right now that I would preserve that core, right. and everyone else you're looking to yourself and saying, how do I maximize those three together next year? A thousand percent. And, and Steven Adams, I would include in that because I don't, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't have much trust in him on the final year of his deal coming back off this injury. It's basically kept him out a year and a half or whatever it is. I mean, he, I, I, to your point, I'd have him right up there with Marcus Smart in terms of possible assets that I can go out and use to regroup. And to, to that point about playing the young guys, Trista, 
you know, with that and the GGs and LaRavias and the Zion, it's going to come some losses. And what you're going to do is fortify your pick or give you, you know, again, yeah. we go back to that word nobody wants to hear. But in, and in doing that, that becomes a better asset. You know what I'm saying, Trista, that maybe you package up with a, one of these players or a couple of them, other team, rather than going and getting some young guy, Ron Holland, or I mentioned it to Brad, I can't pronounce half the names that are in the mock draft right now. Rather than doing that, you use the pick in a player, uh, a pick that's, you know, got some real worth. Because remember, you don't have that Golden State first rounder anymore. Use that with Boston. So, you know, you increase the, the, the value of the asset in playing these younger guys and, oh, by the way, losing, you know, fortifying your position, whether it's going to be five or six. Maybe that draft pick is, you know, it's attractive to someone else. And so I just think that's the way to go. It may be unrealistic to think it's going to be the type of bounce back for them, it was championships of Golden State or, or Denver, but you were just the two seed for two years in a row, and you could certainly th- uh, see a path. If you do it like we're talking about, I think, where it's at least bounce back to contender with a healthy three that you mentioned, the core, and a better group of four, five, six, seven guys around them. So, well, really, it's, I mean, it's, to me, it's just having a strong seven or eight. I mean, we saw that from Denver last year. Um, pre- yeah. I, I, pre- yeah, go ahead. I think, really quickly, I think the thing that, People need to understand, too, like, we know, me, you, and and the fans know draft is weak, right? Yes, we know it feels that this is a down weak. draft. Yes. But, but what you can also say is there's always, you know, dumb people in front offices that believe that they can see the world better than you can. And so they're going to want those picks maybe to repurpose them for another trade before the draft, right? Like, yep. so you could trade at the deadline that pick, yep. and then that team could then trade that pick too, right? So I think that there's the ability to finesse a team that thinks they're smarter than other other people, like a Troy Weaver in Detroit. They've got a lot of redundant assets there too that are young. I don't know who you would want or how, how that works because mm-hmm. I'm a lot of time thinking about it. But there are a lot of teams that are – in the dumps, or teams on the come-up, too, right? Like in Orlando, I'm not saying what they're doing is dumb, but they have made some puzzling, head-scratching decisions in terms of all the guards that they have that are long, 6'7", 6'8". You also talk about backup guards like a Markel Fultz or a Cole Anthony. There's a lot of guards on that team that they're going to have to get rid of some, and so eventually you're going to need backups to replace what you had in Tyus. So I think that there's a, a few teams around the league that would be interested in that top 10 pick, even though this draft is down. Yeah, no, I'm, with, I'm with you. We're talking, of course, to Trista Crick, host of BetMGM Tonight and the Heat Check NBA podcast on the Odyssey Network. Make sure you are tuned in. Um, and I really I, I, I love the point that you made about the NBA missing Jawa. I get so, we get so selfish in terms of having him and the feelings that we had for the – I was telling Brad, those nine games, I mean, you had the game winner in New Orleans. You had the, you had the dance that kind of went, went viral, but we're talking about Jawa, the dunk on or around Wimby, whatever you want to call it. Like that, that it, we get so selfish about how, oh, man, this feels different. This is exciting that we forget that the NBA is watching this guy too and it needs him. Uh, and it's, it's, it's trying to get Ja Morant back to a point where – he is a, a potential American face of the league again. So I love the, the point that you made today that it's not just a sad day in Memphis. It's a sad day for all of the NBA. I absolutely love though. I absolutely love it. Think about this, too. Think about this, too, Jason. Like, so Ja played nine games. Nine. And how many how many marquee viral moments did he give us? Four? At, at least. At least four. At least. Yeah, at, at least. least. Like, he's Who so, he's so needed. That? No, you're right. You're right. And I don't, you know. 
it's the it factor. It's whatever you, he is. He's the he's the one that the young folks are looking at. And I, you know, there are others in the league that you can say, well, look at this guy too. He's pretty good. But you, it's not the same draw for those kids. And hell, for many of us adults, we can feel that it thing too. And so, um, yeah, it's a tough day. And I, and I'm glad you made the point because I had not in three hours of talking today made the point that this is a real loss for the NBA as well. Trista, love how your mind works. Love your energy, and thank you so much for for lifting us, lifting us up on this on this somber, otherwise somber Tuesday. Thank you, Trista. Hey, hey, Memphis, Memphis, I love you. Keep your head up. We will, we will do our best. She is Trista Crick. Thanks, Trista. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Many thanks to L. Jason Smith. Come back tomorrow for an all-new episode and check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which drop unexpectedly, like the last leaf of fall or all this rain on my roof. Do not forget to follow, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, uh, find us on the feed, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Even that guy at the U-Haul who wants to give you a free 19-inch TV and you're like, why would I need 19-inch TV? And he goes, uh, that's why I'm giving him away. Uh, I have like 60 of them that somebody just dropped off for no reason. Tell them, hey, 19 inches is the size of an iPad or a porn star. Uh, (laughs) Tell them to follow. Tell them to follow the Heat Check box. Follow this on social. At this Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time.